0: and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Then if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, You may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Let's pray. Risen Christ, you are with us. We trust in you that we are truly never alone. Just as the disciples, you barged into their space, and forgave them and breathed on them. Do the same to us and for us this hour. In your name we pray. Amen. Not too long ago, I was in Jackson and was having to fly through you always have to fly through either Atlanta or Dallas to get where you need to be right and so I had that really short hop over to Atlanta about 55 minutes and I was there and I sat down in the plane and uh, I had a window seat and the guy that sat in the middle introduced himself to me he asked me what I did I said I was a motivational speaker and writer no I said I was a preacher He said, oh, wow, he said, I'm an apologist. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be something. Now, when he said apologist, you need to know that he he wasn't somebody that had a problem saying I'm sorry too often. Um, There's a whole industry around um, uh, sort of defensible proofs of God, the existence of God, the nature of God. And it is a very, very big Business for people who maybe want tight uh, certainty, airtight certainty. And so for the, from welcome to Delta Flight 7546 and uh, thank you for flying Delta Airlines, I got 51-minute lecture from a Christian apologist. I've flown all over the world. I think that might have been the longest flight I ever had to endure Now, I love talking logic. I love talking scripture. But I have no interest in proving the resurrection. I was not there, and neither were you. I didn't see it. I will tell you that I'm okay with that. I don't need proofs. And yet, I believe it happened. I can't describe it. I know what happened in some form, in some way. I believe that Christ rose from the dead. And I believe it, not because I've got proof, but because I see it in others around me, you. I see it in Parkway Heights. I see people do things that I know quite well that they wouldn't do or couldn't do if the risen Christ hadn't risen. John's gospel is awesome in a lot of ways. Historically, it's the last gospel written. It was written somewhere in the 90s, 50, 60 years after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. In other words, John's gospel was written for those who had no link to the proof of the resurrection. Or those people who didn't experience it directly and didn't, like Thomas, you know, get offered to touch the wounds of Jesus. Or like those who were huddled in the room that Bob talked about there, locked in the room Jesus barged in. By, by AD 90, there was, there was no direct link. And John's gospel anticipates our wonderings, our distance, even our doubts. So, how many math teachers do we have in this room? Any? Well, we got one. Okay, Jen, my wife. I like. Okay, I'm not going to ask you to explain the transitive property, but I, but no, I'm not. But you all know it. And it's one key, one key in this beautiful story. It's like John is telling us, hey, look, I know you weren't in that room, and I know you're not going to be able to have proof. Let me tell you some stories about what happened. And John tells these stories for you and for me. The transitive property goes like this. If A equals B, and if B equals C then A equals what? C. If you have a dollar bill, dollar bill is equal to four quarters, and four quarters is equal to ten dimes, then one dollar is equal to ten dimes. One of the most beautiful um, statements of Jesus in this story that we heard today is when he said in verse 21, as the father has sent me, I send you, A equals B, B equals C. In other words, I extend my resurrection through you out of this door. Now a word about Thomas real quickly. It says in the translation, you know, Thomas doubted, right? Uh, What we call Thomas what? doubting Thomas you know and I think that's so unfair we don't call Peter denying Peter do we no and let me just defend Thomas for just a moment before we go into the shape and form of the resurrection life those of us for whom John was written for John said I doubted but I'm not so I don't think he doubted God you know who he doubted he doubted those darn disciples right because they had the benefit of experiencing the risen Christ who breathed on them, told them to go, but they never left those lock, that locked room. It's like, it's like John is saying, hey, I'm from the Me State. If you really believe it, why are you still huddled here a week later behind locked doors? Why are you still scared? And so... I don't blame Thomas when he said, "Look, I want the same experience you had because that's all he was asking for." Hey, I'm not going to believe it till I see the wounds, till I see his wounds on his side and in his hands and in his feet. I'm not going to believe it. You're going to have to show me. And so they they showed they showed Thomas, and then he was the first the first disciple to declare to Jesus, "My Lord and my God." So John gives us the shape and the form of the resurrection life. I'm assuming that our that our is our TV out, is our, our slides out. Give me a thumbs up, Daniel, are our th- slides out? Okay. Let me just uh, then I'm on that's okay. All right. What's that? Oh, they're there. Hallelujah. Okay. Oh, oh Oh doubting Bruce, call me doubting Bruce. Yeah. So then what Jesus does is he doesn't he gives them the shape and form of the resurrection life. Because disciples don't just believe the resurrection. Hear me out. They live the resurrection. That's how we connect with the risen Christ. And so he does three things. The first thing he says is, peace be with you. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as I give, right? Shalom or peace, Or in modern day Near East, it would be Salaam. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. My peace I give to you. Now this whole pandemic has disturbed a lot about our worship and it's disrupted us a little bit. But you'll probably recall many times we would pass the peace. Right? Peace be with you. We... We, we do that over and over. We find ways to do that in worship, especially when it was a little safer. We'll get to that point again. My peace I give to you, we, 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 we share the peace. And some people say, oh, that's some ploy so that everybody gets spoken to and somebody's hands gets, you know, shaken in the thing. And, and it's good that we do that for that reason. But what we do it for is it's dress rehearsal because as resurrection people. Living out the resurrection, we get in that habit. It's the way of Christ to extend the peace to others. Your wellness is my responsibility. Your peace and shalom is my peace and shalom. And I'm not going to get there until you get there. We get there together. Because Jesus bestowed his peace among the disciples. A to B, B to C. Passing of the peace is a drill. And though we don't do it formally right now in, this, in, in scriptures, I know you do it in the atrium. That's one of the things that I miss the most about disruptive worship when we were just, just not seeing people in bodily form, you know, just shaking a hand, hugging a neck, catching up with someone. We are every Sunday in dress rehearsal to get out of these locked doors and to send the resurrection into this world to be and to live it. Peace I give to you. That's one shape. The second one is this. Breath. He breathed on them. Breath. The next, uh, the next slide, please, if you would. Yeah, he breathed on them. He breathed on them. That's a, I, I'm not sure what that might have looked like when Jesus did it, breathing on them. But I know that the early priests and the, and the, the bishops a long time ago, when they were, when they were baptizing... Uh, they would actually breathe over the water, and they would breathe on the recipient. I didn't want to do that uh, to Ella, but that's that's what they did, right? Breathing in the baptism in the early church, and it goes back to creation. I do the next slide there on from Genesis, please. In the day, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise up from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, breathing, breathing. You and I are God-breathed creatures. Christ, the risen Christ, has breathed on us and into us the new breath of life to live out it. Don't just believe the resurrection. Live it. And belief means trust, by the way. Lean in to The resurrection. And so, with us, we receive it. Our life is God breathed. We breathe new life into the world. It's the creative force of God back into the world. And we mimic that because you and I, all of us, are co creators with our Redeemer. The third thing, the third thing Jesus said is about the sins, the power of forgiveness. Those—that's a lot of power to give on these disciples. He said, "You know, what you forgive will be forgiven; what you retain will be retained." What an amazing, um, what an amazing image imagery there about about reta- retaining or forgiveness. But the power of forgiveness is itself a resurrection power. The Greek word for retained really has much more to do with clutching, clutching, like. I don't know when your teenager was learning how to drive the car. You remember how tight you clutched the handle there? Now that clutch really could do not a whole lot for you. Um, I guess it—you know—it might give you a little bit of um, of security, but really, was it's that seat belt that gives you the most? Thing. But you're clutching, right? You're clutching onto, and you and I, Easter people, listen. You and I have a decision to make. To grab hold and to clutch on top of the sins of others, to hold it against them, to retain it, or we can let it go. We can hold on and think we're in control to protect ourselves. We can go or we can let go. And the Easter response, as we move out these doors, is to let go. And I know, brothers and sisters, it is hard to do. Because there's a lot of sin that's hard to let go of, especially when you have been wounded. But remember, you've been breathed into, you've been breathed on. Jesus has given you shalom, salam. Jesus has given you what you need to accomplish what would be impossible without his presence. Jesus. Jesus never clutched on or held on to that power. He could have. He chose to let go. He chose to forgive. They follow the one who sent them, who would not and did not clutch on to sin, even as he was tortured and nailed to the cross and killed. Love, says Paul, takes no record of wrongs. Love does not clutch. The disciples who believe the resurrection live the resurrection, and that's how we can experience it. At the end of the day, it's not intellectual gymnastics, right? I'm not asking you to to believe something that's so fantastical that your irrational mind has to get hold of it. You know what I wish that guy on the plane would have done instead of try to tell me all about it or just try to set a Methodist preacher straight? I wish he'd have told me what he did with that resurrection. You know what would have made me have more faith in the resurrection and lean into that if he had said, you know, after Easter, we went and we fed hungry people. You know, after Easter... I forgave my father, or I forgave someone who injured me, you know what? I would be like, whoa, he is risen, and he is risen indeed. Don't give me your stacked up scripture and try to do it that way. Live it! And it would have been the, would have been the shortest flight I would have ever taken from Atlanta or from Jackson to Atlanta. Parkway Heights, can people see the resurrection in you? Are you evidence of the risen Christ when you leave here? Does the resurrected Christ show up at work or at home? Are you teaching your children what it means to face adversity and to lean into that? Because you're teaching them something about the resurrection. We are all teaching our children and our grandchildren something about what we really believe about the resurrection. Not about something we've memorized not about some formula we've, we've made up about what it means to lean in. To God can be trusted, even in death. The risen Christ is risen, and I believe it because I've seen it in this world. Don't tell me you can prove it. Show me you can live it. The power of peace, the power of breath, the power of forgiveness... Farmer, um, Wendell Berry, uh, Kentucky farmer. And I just end here and then we'll we'll sing and then we'll break bread together and we'll practice resurrection together in our worship and out the door. Here's what Wendell Berry talked about. This is a a manifesto. It's from a a long poem. I'm going to read most of it, but not all of it. Love the quick prophet. The annual raise, vacation with pay, want more of everything ready-made. Be afraid to know your, di- your neighbors and die. And you will have a window in your head. Not even your future will be a mystery anymore. Your mind will be punched in a card and shut away in a little drawer. When they want you to buy something, they will call you. When they want you to die for profit, they will let you know. So, friends, every day do something that won't compute. Love the Lord. Love the world. Work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Give your approval to all you cannot understand. Praise ignorance. For what man has not encountered, he has not destroyed. Ask the questions that have no answers. Invest in the l- millennium. Plant sequoias. Say that your main crop is the forest that you did not plant. That you will, that you will not live to harvest. Say that the leaves are harvested when they have rotted into the mold. Call that prophet. Prophesy such returns. Put your faith in the two inches of hummus that will build under trees every thousand years. Listen to carry on. Put your ear close and hear the faint chattering of the songs that are to come. Expect the end of the world. Laugh. Laughter is immeasurable. Be joyful, though you have considered all the facts. Go with your love into the fields. Lie down in the shade. Rest your head in her lap. Swear allegiance to what is nighest your thoughts. As soon as the generals and politicos can predict the motions of your mind, lose it. Leave it as a sign to mark the false trail The way you didn't go. Be like the fox who makes more tracks than necessary. Some in the wrong direction. Practice resurrection. Disciples don't just believe the resurrection. Disciples live the resurrection. Amen.
2: There is so much to give thanks for because God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living and we serve a living God. Resurrection has changed everything. Thank you, Bruce, for that message. And uh, we talked this this weekend at the women's retreat about living with a resurrection mindset and how that transforms even situations that seem impossible. When you allow the resurrection to enter in and be alive and reigning with you in your life. Things become possible that seemed impossible before. Um, On that note, one of the prayers of celebration that I just want to bring before you this morning is the fact that we had a beautiful women's retreat. We had 29 women out at the beautiful Longleaf Plantation in Purvis. Women, if you missed it this year, I encourage you to to don't miss another one. Come and join us um, in future years. It was a holy time. Uh, A time of really thinking and considering um, how God is working and moving in our lives and what we can do to grow and mature in our own faith. So I praise God for that. And hopefully our men can get together soon and have a similar experience. Also, I want to draw your attention to the names in the bulletin on the back. I believe there is a gray box that has two names in it this week for us to be praying for Debbie Davenport as she continues her treatments for cancer, and I believe it was Mike Hetrick is is the other name there. And I know that they would cover your covet your prayers for healing. Um, are there any other? Um, Prayers of celebration or any requests that you would like to lift up before the body today? Okay. If not, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Let us pray. Loving, graceful, mysterious God, God of hope, God of the resurrection, we believe. Help our unbelief, Lord. This world has so much chaos and noise. Bring us your peace. And may we reflect the truth of your resurrection in everything we say and to everything we do. May we live with that resurrection mindset, God, so the world will see the truth of who you are through our lives. We pray for all those in our congregation, Lord, who are sick, who are hurting, Father, may they sense your presence through the power of your Holy Spirit available and present with them. But also, Lord, may we be your presence for them. May we open our eyes to see those around us who need a word of hope, who need some comfort, who need a, have a need that, that we can meet, Lord. Draw us to see. Help us be attentive and pay attention to how you are calling us to serve those around us in love. Lord, we pray for our community. We pray for our leaders. We pray for um, all those in leadership in our nation, Father, that you would guide us and that you would lead us in all truth, God. Father, help us to truly be your light in this world. We love you and we thank you. And we ask all of these things in the resurrected Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Would our ushers come forward now as we present to God our tithes and our offerings?